Welcome to the C3 Oxford Falls podcast. For more information about our church, please visit myc3church.net. Wherever you are listening from right now, get ready to receive as God has a word just for you. Amen. Well, we are starting a new series uh, on our everyday and living on purpose with God and really being mindful of each day. Uh, you know, every day can kind of roll past as kind of a menial kind of thing in the, in, in the grand scope of our lives. Sometimes, you know, individual events or individual days don't really seem like they add much. But actually, the success of life and, and living a full and rich life is the result of the choices we've made in the everyday, in how we've lived each day. Uh, I think at sometimes the body of Christ, we're good at moments, and, and the Israelites were certainly good at moments in, in the Old Testament, in, in the history of God's people, that God would come and do a miraculous thing, and he'd like redeem millions and millions of people out of Egypt, like completely redeem them, and it's a great moment. And so they're like, woo, life's fine now, we're blessed, and then he calls the, to, them to live for him every day, and they lose their way. And, and we can find that at times we, we have these moments in, in, in Christendom where we, we get right with God and everything's on fire and we have a new year resolution and then day two comes. And, and it's what we do with day two that matters. And then it's what we do with day three and day four and day five and that every single day we find ourselves living on purpose. And, and today we want to look at the area of, of happiness and we're not saying in this that you can be feeling happy every day, because that's not realistic or biblical. God has created all of our emotions, happiness, sadness, anger, and, and, and all of them have a purpose and a place, but that God would want us to be content and full, that actually every day he does want us to find contentment. He wants us to find what the scriptures call joy and fulfillment. This pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of the feeling of happiness is interesting. You know, we, particularly in the Western world, right? We have more wealth, more prosperity, more things we can consume, a fairer judicial and democratic process than anywhere else in the world. And yet for the vast majority of people, when, when surveyed, what they lack in life, what they want more than anything is happiness, and, and what stops people thriving in life and moving forward in their world is this endless pursuit of, of happiness. And Christians are not inoculated to this. You find many believers that, that, that in their deepest times and their darkest times would say they're not satisfied in life. And that's problematic. It's problematic because we go from living a day of a life of daily purpose and when we find ourselves stuck in this pursuit stuck in this pursuit of contentment and joy what we find is our life just becomes one long season of unhappiness or or, or we we stop seeing a way forward we used to have such vision we 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 start to kind of dull that down and become cynical and jaded in that or or we lose sight of all the blessings that's actually around us the things that God has blessed us with, the things he's asked us to be responsible with and steward, and, and we can lose sight of those things. We, we become anxious about the future. We become ineffectual in our ability to bring life to others because we're meant to stand out as salt and light. 
But when we're living lives that are still lacking contentment and joy in an everyday journey, we don't look different to anyone else around us. And the people that we're meant to be reflecting the light of God to, we, 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 we become ineffectual in that. It seems that all we can have and consume can never bring us true contentment. And the truth is that the pursuit of the feeling of happiness is the wrong pursuit. Again, God has created all of our feelings. But the pursuit of everyday contentment, which the scriptures call joy, now that's a worthy pursuit. That's a great pursuit. Because when I'm content, when I'm filled with God's joy, even in sadness, I know comfort. Even in lack, I'm fulfilled. Even in uncertainty, I'm confident. This is the great thing of God. Paul put it like this in Philippians 4.11. He says, I'm not talking about lacking anything. I've learned to be content with what I have. I know how to do without, and I know how to cope with plenty. In every possible situation, I've learned the hidden secret, get this, of being full and hungry, of having plenty and going at without, and it's this. I have strength for everything in the one who gives me power. I have strength for everything, every season, every circumstance, every day from the one who gives me power. The only person who can fill your life with the contentment and joy that you've been wrestling for is found in our God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is the fullness of joy in our life. He's the only one who can do it for us. In John 10, Jesus says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Not just eternally. He's speaking to people in their current context who are living without this purpose, without this idea, and they're constantly waiting for this this moment in time where this Messiah would come and save you. He says, I'm going to be the one that will save you, and I'll save you in your everyday where you've been living without purpose, where you've been living without contentment, where you've been living without joy. I'm the person that you need. I'm the gate. He cut, uh, they will come up, they will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to seal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Does anyone want a rich and satisfying life here this morning? Does anyone, oh, only some of you. That's depressing. Gosh, we've got a long way to go. Does anyone want a rich and satisfying life in this month? I believe this, that, that maybe the pursuit of everyday happiness in sense of feeling happy is not possible, but the pursuit of an everyday contentment, I would not just say it's possible, I'd say it's needed. Because only when we are full can we truly give out and live our true purpose. Our God is a happy God. Paul, when he's writing to Timothy, he says, he calls God the blessed or happy God. The key to joy is an everyday connection to our God who is love, who is life, and who is joy. 
So we're going to look at this scripture in John 15, which I love. I love this passage of scripture about the vine and Christ and our connection to him and, the, and, and, and really the vitality of the Trinity at work in our lives and how we interplay and connect with it and how powerful it is when we stay connected and how destructive it is when we step away. And really, if I can get to the crux of it, that the way you're going to have your joy every day, your contentment every day is in these everyday connections with him. And so that's what we're going to look at right now. Are you ready? So John 15, 1 says this, I am the true vine, said Jesus, and my father is the gardener. I love that. Just that image. I'm a terrible gardener. My wife is moderately better. She's moderately offended. Well, at least it's moderate. That's good. I can cope with that. Uh, but God's brilliant. And he walks through the garden of your life not as a chastising, mean-spirited, angry dad, but as a loving father, and he cuts away things. Sometimes when he cuts away something, it can hurt, but it's good for us. And he prunes things that are building and growing, and, and he's constantly pruning our lives, not, not only individually, but as a community, because he wants this church strong. And he'll continually work and do things differently. And you'll see things shift and change here and even into the future. We, we've had a lot of transformation and change in, in our church. But I'm telling you, more will come because that's godly. Because the father prunes. He's a good gardener. We can start, where am I? John 15, that's where I am. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't bear fruit. And he prunes every branch that does bear fruit so that it can be, bear more fruit. You are already clean. That's because of the word that I've spoken to you. You know, the first reason for us to rejoice and be filled with joy today is that we're already clean. Man, I've got to tell you, one of the greatest joy, thieves of joy in your life is regret. Oh, I, I've had moments where I'm so excited about what's going on, and then all of a sudden the stinking devil will put a thought in my mind about something that didn't go right or something I messed up in and, or, or, or a relationship that I didn't get thought, and it just immediately sweeps that joy away. It takes you right back to the moment of that regret. And many of us here might be regretting over past mistakes, might be regretting about our relationships, where we find them today or where they've been in the past Fears about where they might be going. We might have regret about financial decisions. They hurt. <laughs> regret over failed goals. Some of you are coming to the latest stages of your life and maybe not everything happened you thought it would and, and somehow you look at your life and you start to measure it against the goals you set, not realizing that God is working all things for good. That just because you didn't see it the way you thought you'd see it, and so you take yourself and you put yourself in that circumstance and you start blaming yourself for that. And you begin to regret over it. But God is a God whose mercy is new every day. That means his kindness and compassion, his ability to help us to forget our mistakes, but also his ability to grace and empower us to move forward is at work in our lives every day. You are clean already. You get a fresh slate wherever you're at. You say, I've had a lot of them. Good, have another one. Because you can't move forward unless you let go of what's going back there. And then God calls us in to this dynamic connection with him. So he takes us where we've left that stuff and then he connects us now into his future for us. And if we'll let him, he'll guide us 
and begin to correct us, begin to change us, so that we don't keep making the same mistakes, we start to move forward and we can find purpose in a fulfilled life again. So he says in verse four, remain in me and I'll remain in you. The branch can't bear fruit by itself, but only if it remains in the vine. In the same, man, sorry, I just got caught there. The branch can't bear fruit by itself, but only if it remains in the vine. The branch can't bear fruit by itself, but only if it remains in the vine. The branch can't bear fruit by itself. You, the branch, can't bear fruit by itself only if you remain in the vine. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. Remain in him, and he'll remain in you. God is never further than he is right now. He never, never leaves us, nor forsakes us, ever. But we can walk away from him. As soon as we turn and decide to remain again, he'll remain in us. It's like instant. It's not a process. It's an instant thing of, God, I'm sorry, I repent, I'm coming back. He cleans us, starts us afresh, and enables us to move forward. But we have to remain in him if we want to see our lives bear fruit. In the same way, you can't bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. People who remain in me and I in them are the ones who bear plenty of fruit. Without me, you see, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. If people don't remain in me, they are thrown out like branches and they wither. My first thought here today is reasonably simple for us. It says everyday joy is found in remaining connected to Jesus. And then I put a full stop. Remaining in Jesus, that's the key to everyday contentment. You having everyday happiness, joy, fulfillment in your life like true happiness, not the feeling, true joy is about remaining in Jesus. Man, that's so simple. Like, it's not like another get help scheme. It's not, you can do all those things. They're great. Work on yourself. I'm a big believer. But if you're disconnected from the vine, you can do all of that stuff and still be unfruitful. You can talk to all the people you want. You can connect with anyone you can try and find that job, you can try and find that relationship, and you can work at it, work at it, work at it. If you're not connected to him, it won't work. Because it's only when we remain in the vine, our connection to Christ. When we are cut off from him, we are cut off from the true source of life, so we wither and we dry up. We become tired, gloomy, anxious, and sad. And that was just this morning. <laughs> He's the key to true happiness. He's the fullness of joy, not our circumstances, not our successes, but Him. He's the source of life. It's Him. It's always been Him. It'll always be Him. It's only Him. Nothing will fulfill your life unless you're connected to Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one else can come into a redemptive relationship unless you go through Him. You've got to stop fighting this thing. Some of you have been resisting this for too long. Christ is the answer. You are looking for an answer in a different way, but He's the only way. That's why he's wisdom to those that have been saved, but foolishness to those that are perishing. If you think it's foolish, consider where you're heading. Because only those that humble themselves and say, I need him, will find the true life. 
It's always in him. This guy, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he was a a pastor of the uh, Westminster Chapel for 30 years and a medical doctor. He wrote many, many books uh, and and he's, he's an incredible theologian. But he says this, he is our joy and our happiness, even as he is our peace. He is life. He is everything. So avoid the incitements and the temptations of Satan to give feelings the great prominence at the center. Put at the center the only one who has the right to be there, the Lord of glory, who so loved you that he went to the cross and bore the punishment and the shame of your sins and died for you. Seek him, seek his face, and all other things will be added unto you. One of the most destructive things in our lives the most devious tactics that the devil will use is he uses how we're feeling against us. When we, as a Christian, feel like that means we should always be happy, we begin to separate ourselves from God because we can't measure up. I thought this Christianity thing was meant to be about happiness and the feeling of happiness, and it's just not happening so I'll go over this way, and maybe this will bring me happiness. But God didn't ever promise you everyday happiness. He promised us sorrow. He promised us times of lack. He promised that times we would experience immense trauma and, and trouble in our life and persecution. But what he did promise is his presence. And your feelings at times will take you away from the presence of God unless you begin to say, my feelings won't dictate my actions today. I'm living every day pursuing the presence of God because in the presence of God is where we find joy, peace, and hope. Psalms 42, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God for I shall give him praise, my salvation and my God. Psalm 1611, you make me know the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter because he comforts us. Ah, stop robbing him of a job. (laughs) He's meant to comfort you. Oh, I have a negative feeling or that's not godly. No, it is. It's beautiful. Happiness is a great feeling, but sadness is incredible. God created sadness because he wants to comfort you. He uses these things in our lives to draw us to him. If we only ever encounter him on the, the mountaintop, well, I certainly won't be there. Because most of life is not there. Most of life is in doing every day. And every day, God bless it, it looks different. Sometimes it's phenomenal. The kids are behaved. Husbands behaved. Wife is smiling. Friends are looking after you. Friends are calling you. Your friends called you. You didn't have to call them. They called you. It's a wonderful day. Job's going well. Boss is nice. You as the boss are being nice. Coffee's great. But then there's other days where the coffee's terrible. Kids are crazy. Marriage is nuts. 
And in those moments, in those valleys, there's the comforter. And, and God has created you unique. And there's all sorts of reasons that we find sorrow and things going down in our hearts. And sometimes it's because that's your temperament. The way that God's put you together and formed you together and fashioned together is, is that you, you might be more on the melancholic scale, or end of the scale. And, and, and God wants to, you to get to know you and understand how he can meet you in that space. He can meet you in the depths. He can meet you in the turmoil. Maybe it's experiences that we've had, grief or trauma that we've gone through. God wants to meet you there. And the comforter wants to come in and comfort. In the valley of sadness, he gives us help. Some of it is biological factors and all sorts of areas, but God will give you help. He will step in. There are practical things. Now, don't shoot me down because I'm not perfect at this, but exercise is really good for you, like getting moving. And it's incredible how resistant you will be to that thing when you're not feeling great. And I think there's something to that. Like when you're going through a moment of grief, depression, sadness, uh, you become reasonably miserable. And you can be miserable to be around. And so either the people will leave your home and get out from away from you, or you can. And I find that if I just get outside, man, that sun. That's real practical, but that's what God's into. That can shift things quickly. Exercise can be really good. Sun is phenomenal. Community is so important. You're not meant to do this alone. Call a friend and say, let's go fishing. You don't have to if you don't fish. Put your thing there. I go and play golf or I, I call my friend Greg and even if we can't go sh fishing, we talk about how good it would be to go fishing. And how wonderful it would be if we actually caught a fish. It would be amazing. The other day, I went to the fishing shop just to look at stuff. I didn't have anything. I had no plans. I couldn't go fishing. There was no way I was going to be able to go fishing. I tried to go fishing and then realized it was my daughter's birthday. And that was a big no. And so I said, no, I won't do that. And so I went to the shop and just looked at the... But it's amazing. Just getting your soul things. Soul things. Soul things. Music. Hobbies. Relationships. Connect group. Spiritual things. Worship. Prayer. The word, speak to your soul, people. Speak the word over your soul. Mr. Lloyd-Jones again, have you realized that the most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? <laughs> Guilty. Man, it's funny, when I'm walking along and I start hearing this voice, you know, you're not good enough to lead this church, you're not this, you're not that, you're this, boom, 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 and I'm like, man, the devil. I go, man, the devil sounds a lot like me. It's not the devil, it's you. It's your voice. So speak to it. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When I am weak, then he is strong. His grace is sufficient for me. 
For his power is made perfect in my weakness. Remaining is not passive, it's active. It's saying, despite how I feel, I will hold on to Christ. I will hold on to faith. John 6, 29 says, this is the work God, God wants of you, replied Jesus, that you believe in the one he sent you. Believing his work, remaining his work. But the more you do it, the better you get. And if you live out this year, coming to church connected with a community, spending time with Jesus because you know you need it, not because you always feel like doing it, Man, I remember when I first came to Christ, I was so messed up in my heart. Oh, so angry. I made a commitment to myself. I said, I'll just keep turning up. People ask me sometimes, because I don't, anyway. Like, man, you're leading the church, doing these things. I knew you like 10 years ago. What happened? I just kept turning up. Just keep turning up. I don't feel like going to church, I'm going to church. My kids are coming to church. My family's coming to church. Every single day, I'm connecting with God. Sometimes it looks amazing. Sometimes it's just pretty normal and ordinary. Sometimes it's just not happening. I have to go back the next day, I'm I'm connecting with Jesus. Keep that pattern going, not because you feel like it, but because you're connected to Christ and because you want to remain every day in Him. And trust me, the feelings will follow. I'm telling you, the feelings will follow. So every day, joy is found in remaining connected to Him. And finally, every day, joy is found in remaining connected to His commandments. John 15, 9 says, As the Father loved me, Jesus continues, so I loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His loves, I've said these things that you, uh, sorry, so, to you so that you may not, that, that my joy may be in you. And so that your joy may be full. Who wants full joy? This is my command. Love one another. In the same way that I have loved you. You know, sometimes the reason we are feeling terrible is because we're doing the things we shouldn't and not doing the things we should. Like, I don't know if you've ever eaten things you know you shouldn't on a consistent basis. They're super tasty. But then you have sugar regret. You feel miserable. I don't know if you've ever seen a five-year-old sugar crash. It's horrendous. My little girl the other day, she doesn't often have sugar. We're pretty good normally. And we thought, well, it's holidays. We'll let her have the things we know is not great for her, but it's, she can just have it. Man, the come down was powerful. Like life was over for her. She's on the couch. Come on, babe, let's go have a bath. I can't. I can't move. My legs don't work. All right, I'll carry you. No, don't touch me. Oh, life is over. What is life? You feel miserable. You know, when, you, when, you, when you're doing things God has led you away from, as a believer, you will feel terrible because it, it's not compatible. And so go on a journey this year of becoming a disciple, which is the journey of letting go of your life to take hold of His. God is not expecting perfection from you, but He does want to lead you in perfect ways. And the greatest commandment that God has actually given us, the thing that we are meant to live for, the thing, the reason sometimes joy and happiness is not in our lives is because we're not doing this. I've said these things that you are, uh, verse 11, I've said these things to you 
so that my joy may be in you and so that you, your joy may be full. Sorry, my brain is not reading today. My eyes are doing fine. This is my command. Love one another in the same way that I've loved you. You were created to give, not just consume. And some of us are not finding a deep sense of contentment and joy in our lives because all we're doing is consuming. And we are getting spiritually, I'm sorry, but getting spiritually fat. We eat, we eat, we eat, we eat, we eat, we eat. Man, your relationship with God is meant to go like this. This is why he gave you lungs. Breathe in, breathe out. And you receive from God the joy, the peace, the love, all you need, but then you go and give. And your greatest joy is when you can live every day on purpose for Him. When you rise up in the morning to receive what you need for Him, despite how you feel, despite what's going on, God will meet you where you're at and fill you to the full. And then you say, Lord, show me who I can love. Man, if you want to get free from feeling trapped in a meaningless experience, go and be kind to someone. It's incredible how quickly the joy floods your life. Go and love someone. Go and share the good news with God with someone. God wants you activated. He wants you filled with His love so that you can give out love. You can live every day on purpose, filled with the contentment and joy of God as you remain in His commandments. And His commandment is simple. Love one another. Just be kind. My wife was just telling me today we... We're able to reach out to people that are around our world, really close. And uh, we hadn't seen them around for a little while. And we've just found out some really serious stuff is going on in their relationship. And, and we're not that close, but we, we're always asking God to show us who we can love, who we can be kind. And she texts back, she said, you have no idea. We've told no one else. I'm so grateful someone has reached out to us. You have no idea is kind of what you'll start hearing when you start loving. You become the love of God in that moment. And I'm telling you, the joy of God that comes from that, that I was able to be activated and loving people is, is profound. Hey everyone, what a joy it is to bring the Word of God to so many people all around the world every week. And I just love technology for that reason, that we're able to broadcast through television, through podcasts, through social media, and to bring Jesus into people's worlds in all kinds of ways. Obviously, there are costs to that. There are uh, expenses in reaching out and accomplishing this preaching of the Gospel. And in the book of Romans, Paul says, how shall I go unless somebody send them? And he's talking about the beautifulness of, of the preaching of the Gospel, how it brings peace and joy into people's worlds. And so the people who are sending us into other people's worlds is you and the people of our congregations. And I'd love you to join with them and with us as partners, sending the Gospel throughout all the world through all these means that God has put in our hands. And as we partner together, I know that there will be thousands of people in heaven for eternity because of our efforts together. God has called us to do this and we depend on people to send us and support us in taking the Gospel to the world. I wanna say thank you for standing with us and believing God. I'm praying and asking God to touch you and to bless your seed that you sow so that you'll experience an incredible harvest in your lives in Jesus' Name.
Amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. Hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at C3 Oxford Falls.